Welcome to Leadership Requested. I'm your host, Jen Rebar. Thanks for listening. After the pandemic hit, the world was more disconnected than ever before. My daughter Juliana and I wanted to help, so we started this podcast to empower leaders with encouraging messages from around the world. We both love hearing people tell their heartfelt stories and have a passion for learning. Join us every Wednesday as a unique leader comes on our show to talk with us and share their story of how they use leadership to make their slice of the world a better place. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy listening to our show, subscribe to our channel, give us a review, and let us know what you think. Remember, your leadership has been requested. Are you ready? Thank you for coming on Leadership Requested, Paula. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your leadership journey. Hi, everyone. My name is Paula Okone, and um, I am so happy to be here today. Um, leadership journey. I like to describe myself as a podcaster, but <laughs> that's not um, the beginning of my story. My story started back many years ago when I... Um, was in high school, the equivalent of high school. And I was struggling with math. I knew I needed to do something. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think my mom saw that I needed to do something. And so she connected me up with one of her friends who was a professor at the local university there. And she was a math professor. She made math come alive. She made math interesting. I mean, now I look back, I see that, um, she was a new mother because she always opened the door with a baby on her hip. And, <laughs> you know, her husband was a physician, I think. So he'd be coming home and she'd probably have just come back from work. But she obviously loved math because she would welcome me in and say, so what problem did you have today in math? And that'd be like the whole world was a problem. Long story short is that she made math come alive and I enjoyed it so much. I went on to do my undergraduate in mathematics. Wow. Um, yeah. I sometimes say, wow, too. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> um, so um, after I graduated with math, um, I went to school um, in the British-based system. And so I went on to do accounting. And I first started off in an accounting firm and then later on worked as the main accountant in my family business. And that was an interesting journey because um, they had an, an off-site, I would say, accountant. But when I became the main accountant, it's like a lot of things fell into my plate. It was a family business. Um, my mom and her brother were the directors. And um, I was responsible, of course, for making sure or trying to ensure that the money stayed in the business and was well you know, mm -hmm. distributed. And I think that's when I started seeing some leadership um, qualities in me evolve because it was a small business. It was um, um, an insurance business. And mm -hmm. we always had lots of claims and, um, you know, lots of things that we had to do concerning money. And many times decisions came down to me. Well, the directors who were my mom and my uncle sometimes would be looking at me and say, so where do we go here? <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun you know it was fun in the sense that it was great working for your people who knew you it was great working in an environment where everybody was um 
our whole focus was to make sure the business succeeded. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was the time when I saw too that, um, you know, when you own your own business, it doesn't matter what time your clients come in. If they're too early, it, well, if they're early, it's never too early. And mm-hmm. if they come just as you're closing the door, it's your business. It's your, you know, and so you welcome them still with open arms. Like, sure, no, we weren't closing. Come on right in. And so I did that for some years and really enjoyed the pros and the cons, the ups and the downs, being in a family business. Um, subsequently, when I got married, I took a break from accounting. And when my daughter was two and my son was five, um, my husband and I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. We didn't have any family there. And he was a physician. And so he was gone most of the time, moonlighting and call, etc. And um, without family, I realized that, um, hmm, to become mm-hmm. a CPA in the United States of America took a lot. It yeah. was a lot because I went for the first uh, meeting or the first gathering or what, whatever it was, the first class. And I looked at all the textbooks that we had to read. And I thought back, okay, I got a two-year-old home and my husband's not there to help me. I have no family. I don't know if I could do this. Mm-hmm. So that's when I had to start thinking of what am I going to do instead? But this was the um, late 1990s. And the internet was coming into being, and my interest was peaked. So mm-hmm. um, after much um, debate and prayer and talking with other people, I decided that, yes, I wanted to go do information systems. I did that for a while, graduated, and everybody wanted a two to five years, um, you know, resume experience. experience. And I'm like, how do you get that? Yeah. So, you know, if you don't employ me, I don't know how I'm going to get the two to five years experience. But that opened up um, opportunities to think of what else can I do for myself? And that's when I opened a small business. It was um, for web design and development. Mm-hmm. And um, being my own boss had it's like I had said previously, when I worked in a family business, being employed or part of a family business had it pro- had its pros and cons being my own boss had its pros and cons mm-hmm. I had to go out and look for business I had to you know network and I had to network hard um, I remember the first time I went for a networking meeting I didn't even have a business card you know <laughs> and someone says where's your business card I'm like huh <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> about that Long story short was um, I quickly learned and, um, you know, started getting more and more into the networking um, business or field, or, you know, but even that was a struggle. As much as I liked what I did, I didn't like public speaking. Mm-hmm. And then one day I heard on the radio someone talking about podcasting. Well, actually, I should say I was praying and saying, God, help me. I need something different. Everybody seems to be doing podcasting. I, I, not podcasting, sorry. Everybody seems to be doing um, um, web design and development. I need something that would make me stand out from the crowd. And I was driving somewhere, either to a client's house or client's business or mm-hmm. um, to a networking, another networking meet, meeting. And I heard about podcasting and they talked about iTunes and why it's a great 
um, tool to market your business with. And the more I listened, the more I decided this is for me. This is what I want to do. By the time I got to wherever I was going, I was like, yep, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> so when I spoke about, um, 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 when I gave my elevator speech, it was the same, not much uh, different from before. But when I said, and I'm a podcaster, people's eyes lit up. Everybody wanted to know what was that? And I ended it by saying, and I'm, you know, I'm looking to talk with small business owners. And so I got a lot of response. Meanwhile, I didn't know what I was doing because I just learned about it. I didn't know what an MP3 file was. I told you, I just discovered that iTunes had something other than music. And mm -hmm. so I'd go home and learn. I remember, you know, um, <laughs> the first interview I had over Skype, it was a disaster. I mean, it went very well. But when um, the gentleman got off the call and I played back the file, we couldn't hear him. He couldn't hear, you know, it was oh, just no. a one-way thing. I didn't know at that time that there was... Um, what's it, the eCam? There's something you had to download for, for Skype that I knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. And so we, I had to, you know, swallow humble pie and say, um, sir, please, can you um, come back and record again? Um, but, you know, um, the more I did that, the more and more and more I found that podcasting was something that was... Um, something I enjoyed. It was also very helpful for me in that I didn't like public speaking. And now I was speaking to lots of people and I was speaking to lots of leaders and I was speaking to people, not just um, regionally, but they, I mean, they were not just regional, but they were from, you know, outside Charlotte. They were in different parts of the United States and some of them were international. And the more I did that, the more I liked it. Yeah. And so today, I, well, in 2020, during the pandemic, pandemic, when I had more time to think, I had to decide on what was priority. And I was like, yeah, when I think about everything, I just want to be a podcaster. I want to speak with women. I want to speak with immigrant women. I want to speak to women like me, women who um, felt they probably didn't have a voice, women who came to the United States and felt marginalized. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I also want to coach them. And that's what I've been doing. It's been an amazing journey. Um, I've, I've grown. Um, coaching is a great tool for um, empowering women. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great tool for learning more about yourself and, and the skills that you have. I didn't know that I, well, I taught for some years. I taught math for some years um, in the high school many, many, many years ago. But now I'm teaching women, some of them are my age, some are younger, some are older. Mm -hmm. It has brought up something in me that I didn't know I had in me. And um, it's been a thrill. So Thank I hope you I've so answered much. your question. Yes, it did. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing all that with me. What an incredible story, an incredible journey through from where you started with needing help and, and your parents getting you that help with math to finding a love for math and becoming a teacher of it. And then now your journey into podcasting. Um, that's the joy of podcasting, isn't it? You kind of find yes. your voice and you can reach directly out there. Um, 
to those who want to hear it, need to hear it, and directly to whatever niche you're looking for. And I think that's an incredible gift. And you were able to tap into it um, kind of ahead of the curve. I feel like the pandemic opened people up, but maybe a little bit more to podcasting than ever before. But you kind of got started even earlier what are the biggest differences that you've seen in the podcasting world? What are the biggest changes? Well, for one, I guess the most obvious that everybody seems to know about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the difference I found is that we've gotten a lot more tools um, like Zoom. I never really considered Zoom to be uh, a tool I would use for podcasting. In fact, um, when we... I should point out that um, because of my solo podcast, I met three amazing women, two of which became my co-hosts at a, a podcast called Lady Tech Charmers, which we, um, in which we, our mission is to encourage, inspire, and um, educate women and girls to take up technology as a career. We also use it as a leadership tool, you know, to to teach girls in particular, you know. What, a, what it is to be a leader. And so um, when we started doing our podcasting, podcast studios were just coming popping up around Charlotte. So of course we utilized that. We learned sometimes the hardware on how to use the hardware. Mm-hmm. And um, for the most part, we preferred people coming into the studio to record. Um, what I've found out now, uh, one of the main differences now is that there's a lot more tools for doing this remotely, which right. I think is an advantage because um, we're not limited. You know, you're not limited to um, the city or mm-hmm. the, you know, the state. You you can talk to anyone everywhere. And so many people now are so used to using Zoom at least for, yeah. um, you know, for podcasting so that it makes it easier to get guests. It makes it easier for people to be willing to be on the program because it's not as intimidating mm-hmm. because they're not so, you know, they're not coming, they're not driving to a, a strange building or a place that they're not familiar with to come on to, you know, and be a guest on the podcast. So that's one of the main differences I've noticed. Yeah, definitely. I know for me, being such an introvert opened up my world and made it more accessible. And then the global aspect, being able to talk to people, not just in your little in your little bubble, but from around the country and around the world is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, certainly unique time zone things, but you can work with that and be able to make your world so much bigger and broader, which is always incredible. Um, you mentioned your podcast that you have with your co-hosts. Tell me more about that. How'd that get started? Where did that mission come from? What are you guys looking to accomplish? Okay. So the one, <laughs> I actually have three podcasts that I co-host now, but let's start with the first one. Okay. So, <laughs> when I started uh, my um, solo podcast, Chatting with the Experts, um, I got a call one day from an incredible young woman. This is a woman I had been trying to get in touch with. Um, I knew her as an SEO expert. Um, I'd been trying to get in touch with her to help me to do um, some SEO work. SEO, search engine optimization for anyone who's not familiar with that. But um, I could never get hold of her. 
when I started my podcast and someone said, oh, I got just the right person to speak with you. And so the phone rang. It was the same person I'd been trying to get in contact with. And she called me and, you know, um, I, of course, invited her to be a guest on the show, which she was. And then we started talking more. I, I, you know, we became friends. So we were at a um, restaurant. We were at a, yeah, a restaurant one day and two other women walked in. And the young woman who I'm talking about, her name is Caitlin. Um, she waved to them and I said, who are these people? They just look interesting. These two women, I'd love to talk with them. So when they're leaving, please introduce me to them. And she did that. It turned out that they were women in tech as well. And so we started meeting weekly or was it bi-weekly? But we started meeting often to say, you know, we, we, we are all women in tech. And one thing that we've noticed is that the landscape is filled with people who don't look like us. It's filled with men. We are grateful for men, of course. I'm not putting down men. But, you know, when it came to technology, at least, most times people thought of Steve Jobs or um, um, Bill Gates or with Mm -hmm. Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. You know, Mm -hmm. there weren't enough females being represented in the um, tech world. And so the more we talked about it, the more we said, oh, yeah, this is something we want to do. So um, initially, they said, well, you know what, we will work alongside with you. Um, and the, we were um, three women, Caitlin, Chris Stevens, um, Dr. Sharon Jones, and Betsy Hauser. Um, so I remember they were guests on my podcast, Caitlin organized for us to do I think it was a YouTube or a Google Hangout. And we, but we met at a, um, an office to do that. I had never done that. And yeah. neither, neither had them. They, and I kept saying, I'm not too familiar with video. I know about podcasting, but I wasn't even that, you know, I was like, I'm right. still learning. So we did that and it went off pretty well. And um, we started saying, yeah, let's do more than this. Why don't we, well, I think it was Caitlin, who's the young lady I told you about who I've been trying to get in touch with. She's very strategic. She's like, you know what? Why don't we create our own podcast? Paula, you are into podcasting. You can help us and you can lead us along the journey and let's do it together. So I said, yes, why not? I mean, the more the merrier, but Mm -hmm. even doing that had its pros and cons because um, what I've realized that I was used to being the interviewer and now I became part of a team of interviewee um, interviewers. And so, you know, we had to create a rhythm, but it was a good rhythm. And we started getting guests, a lot of women, some men, and, and which who were telling their stories of how they became either leaders in the community or women of tech. You know, um, I was on a webinar one day with um, HP was putting out a web webinar on social media and I reached out to one of the presenters and she got back to me and I was like, you know, I have a podcast with two other women and we talk about women in tech. Would you be willing to be a guest? And she said, yes. And I'm like, yeah, HP, talking to someone from there, you know? And um, so we've been doing the podcast, that podcast, Lady Tech Charmers. We launched in 2016. I'm not good with dates. And um, produced like 
over 50 episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the thing is, in 2019, everybody had things going on in their lives, personal things. And so we kind of took a break, but reconvened in 2020. Oh, great. And yes. And started recording again. But, the, the, but the, the interesting thing is that last night, we came together, the four of us, and I say the four, I should explain this. So the three of us, that's myself, Caitlin Sellers, and Dr. Sharon Jones, came together with another woman. Her name is Sarah Cullen Harris, and mm-hmm. she had started a nonprofit called She Flew the Coop. She started that in 2019, no, 2018, mm-hmm. and um, she collaborated with us in 2018. 19 to start doing a series of 12 steps of you know coming out of like women empowering women um and uh, we started three episodes in 2019 but as i said life happened Mm -hmm. and so in 2020 when the pandemic had everybody home we reconvened and started recording over zoom and the great thing is that we were finally able to get it together and did a Facebook Live, IG Live last night, announcing the launch of the collaborative podcast between She Flew the Coop and Lady Tech Chalmers. So, That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. It That's was a joint wonderful. effort, a joint effort, joint effort. It took a while, but it was good. Wonderful. Okay. So what are your other podcasts then? <laughs> We've covered one. <laughs> We've covered two, actually. Two. Okay, two. Yeah. <laughs> so the other one now, so a student of mine, um, a client of mine, student of mine, um, in 2018, she and I started talking. Um, she is uh, an, uh, a lawyer. She's ba- she, uh, I knew her actually from back in Nigeria because I lived in Nigeria for, for some years. And um, she had a small business or still has a small business in which she deals with leadership, governance and management. She's a great talker. She's a lawyer after all. And so, you know, um, as podcasting was coming up in 2013, when I started, I spoke to her about that and she was like, yeah, it sounds good. Uh, we even did some audio files and put that on her website. And it was like, okay, that's good. In 2018, excuse me. We started talking a little bit more about that. Um, and we said, you know, apart from the workshop, she did a lot of workshops. She worked with nonprofits. Why don't we have, um, you know, because you're so good at what you do, it'd be great if we had audio. It's easier than video, at least. So if we had your audio, when you go to the workshops, we can put it on your website so people can hear the type of work you do. Mm-hmm. Um so we started working on that in 2018, but didn't quite complete that until 2020, when again, lots of things were happening. And she too, I mean, the whole world was <laughs> in a pandemic. <laughs> in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so we started, um, she came back to me and said, you know what we talked about, Paula, why don't we continue that conversation? Long story short, she became my coaching client. And we started working on her podcast, pulling back the music and everything that needs to go into creating a podcast. And the more she did it, the more she loved it. She said, I didn't know it was going to be this fun, you know. So um, in 2020, November, 
I'm so bad with days. This is terrible. It's either I'm the same way. You're fine. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Either October or November. It must have been October. We launched Tessie Talks. She asked to me to be uh, to co-host it with her, which I said, okay. I know that, I mean, she was bringing her guests. I understood podcasting and I've known her for some years. Mm-hmm. And so we started Tessie Talks. She had amazing and still has amazing guests. Mm-hmm. And the more we did it together, the more she loved this. She, she kept getting once, you know, a whole set of guests. And um, she um, came to me late November and said, I'm thinking that I should start something else because for Tessie Talks, her target audience are um, chief um, CEO, CEOs, chief executives, um, 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 coaches, high, high profile coaches. Mm-hmm. And um, even though it's a lot of fun, but it's still, you know, geared towards business. She said, you know, what about if we start another podcast? And then this time we're going to be talking a bit more about uh, people's journeys, journeys through life, not necessarily the professional development, but more about, you know, um, things that have impacted them, you know, some, sometimes good things, sometimes not so good things. And, you know, just sharing, sharing with the world about things that, you know, have happened in your life. And so um, in December, we started working on that. It was a little easier because, you know, she now was more used to podcasting. And she called this one Tessie Leads. Um, Very similar in terms of branding, but different audience. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, in December, she lost her brother, who was, yes, was... um, the person who really encouraged her to, you know, start up this other podcast. And so um, that kind of took a toll on her. Um, But at the same time, um, it inspired her to keep on with that journey. Mm -hmm. So because her last conversation with him, they were talking about, you know, the, um, the birth or the, the development of a new podcast. She's moved ahead with that. She's, um, quite a lot of guests mm-hmm. we've only turned out i think we've only turned out two episodes so far but um it's still been a good journey um it's been a journey in which we've had guests come and talk about serious matters um suicide um deaths in the family um you know anxiety mental health things that impact people all the time Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's not shared or couldn't be shared on Tessie Talks. And so that's this other podcast or the last or the fourth podcast that I'm on and the third of the three that I co-host. That's fantastic. I love how you're using your voice in so many different creative ways that are really meaningful. Yes. And the interesting thing is that I didn't like my voice, but... Um, <laughs> I did not like my voice at all. Um, Now, these two podcasts, Tessie Talks and Tessie Leads, are based in England. And um, it's it's interesting talking to a different audience every week. We release 
um, them every other week. So we have Tessie Talks for two weeks in the month and Tessie Leads for the other two weeks in the month. So we alternate it. Mm -hmm. Giving me practice with my voice. That's wonderful. And it's probably good, I would imagine, with your coaching to be able to have more exposure, hear more stories, and really just be able to have more networking opportunities. You spoke earlier about how when you were doing the accounting and things like that, it was such a different world. And now networking is just really a part of what you do. I think that's for me, been a big change with moving into podcasting and life coaching and things like that. I never would have considered myself like a networking kind of person before, but now I found that it's just really a part of not just my career life, but my life as it is now. It's it's more of a socialization than than networking. And it, it's become natural. And, I, and it sounds like you've made some amazing partnerships and friendships out of it, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, I, I mean, now that networking is, you know, a lot of it is virtual. It's so easy. It's so convenient. It's fascinating. I've met amazing people in different networking groups, gotten so many resources, get, gotten guests from it, you know, mm-hmm. um, as somebody said, a friend of mine who has a networking group, uh, she was saying to me, she doesn't know if she's ever going to go back <laughs> in person. At, the, at least at the moment, she's thinking, you know, it may just be the virtual thing for her or she may do a hybrid. But mm-hmm. she said, well, I don't know how that's going to work. If she does a hybrid and she doesn't want to leave her house, she still wants to be in her home office. That's not going to be a hybrid thinking about it. <laughs> It will be hard for me to go back because I find so much more freedom and comfort being at home. I think it would be fun to maybe do some on location type of things or or something like that. But being able to set your own hours, have that flexibility. I mean, my kids are 16 and 18 now, but I find that I'm able to spend the time with them now that I didn't get to spend with them when they were eight and 10. And, you know, before it was all, you know, rushing home and doing homework and doing baths and dinner and bed. And and now I'm getting to actually have great conversations with them in between juggling everything else. And it might be all at different hours, but the flexibility is certainly there. And it's nice that you got to see that modeled in the entrepreneurship throughout your life with your family business and then with your own business. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, um, yeah, I mean, coming back to, you know, the virtual space that we are in these days, I really love it. I, well, I loved it before, but I really, really love it now, you know, because as you said, you set your own meeting hours and then these great tools, scheduling tools, Calendly, you know, mm-hmm. um, Acuity, What's the other one? There's some other ones, but um, of all of them, I like Calendly. Um, yeah. I think it's so much easier to use. It's so much, um, it's so user-friendly. And um, like you, I know you use that as well. I like mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, you set up, I mean, put your calendar out there. And I go for that options where when the person confirms, it confirms on their side and on my side. Done. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is really all about organization and flexibility. And, and for me, I know 
a lot of people don't like the term work-life balance. They feel like it's it's a term that's used too frequently and it's unreasonable. But for me, I come from a yoga background. So balance isn't about being perfect on both sides. It's about adjusting to make sure that you find comfort on both sides. And sometimes that's a little bit more on one and a little bit less on the other. And I feel like the work from home model really allows more space for that. I mean, this morning with the rain, I had a migraine, I had a puppy to get to the vet to be fixed. And I start at 630 with my job. So it was nice to have a little bit of room to be like, okay, things are going awry. Give me just a minute versus having to leave the house at 545 to be in the office and, you know, all the adjustments that you'd typically would do. And that added layer of stress, whereas, you know, you work a little bit extra here and there and which you probably would have done anyways, plus being in an office and, and all of that. And then juggling family and all the side hobbies that people have nowadays. So (laughs) many people are trying to um, fit in extras. And for me, I have so many other interests and so many things I want to do that having that extra time in the day is really, really helpful. So hopefully it'll continue for a lot of people or in at least in some sort of hybrid way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I've seen the whole business model change, especially around, I guess, commercial real estate. I'm not into commercial real estate, so I can't talk with, you know, statistics of facts, but just looking at the scene, you know, looking at what's happened with so many people working from home. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine how, you know, the impact that has had on um, commercial real estate, you know, because people are just home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how that develops and what kind of new uses that they find. Everything is always changing and flexible. Same mm-hmm. thing has been with the malls. I know just in our area, a lot of malls have closed and mm-hmm. that's kind of been coming over the years with mm-hmm. online retail, but mm-hmm. definitely within the last two years, it's been happening. So It'll be very interesting to see what we have in store for the next five to 10 years. But I feel like quality of life, at least in our household and for our little bubble has been a lot better. And and just the ability to move around a little bit more freely, being able, we finally were able to leave our house after a year and go to a cabin up north for a week and we still worked and did school, but just a change of scenery was nice. And, you know, having that ability to be able to just kind of pick up and move is great. So I agree. We'll see what happens for people. But I have one last question for you. And I think that you are very qualified to be answering. Huh, let's let's see what it is. Okay. <laughs> um, my question that I ask all my guests this season is what piece of advice do you have for the younger generation that you would like to pass on? I always say it's never as bad as it seems. Um, There's nothing really new under the sun, whatever you're going through, whether it's academic or emotionally, and I'm not downplaying mental health, but whatever it is you're going through, remember, People have been alive for many, many years. And so it's not that new. You can get help. 
talk to someone around you. And, you know, there's so many more resources now. I mean, you can go online. People are a lot more aware these days of, you know, um, the emotional needs of others. And so get the help that you need if things are that bad, if you feel you can't cope, you know, because there are more willing people to help you. And because, um, you know, because a lot of the adults were once your age, they may not tell you of some of the things they went through, but they've been through so many things. Talk to them. You may be amazed to find out that they have just the right answer for you. So to the young people, I want to say nothing is new under the sun. Please reach out and get help if you need it, because help is there. Help is there. And there are a lot of people willing to help you. That's such great advice. I know I was very, very thankful as a struggling youth to have adults out there that helped me that were not in my family, not even related, but that were willing to help me at different times. And I'm certainly an adult who's willing to help kids out there that aren't my own or are my own. And Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely a lot of good adults out there who can be good resources. Um, Even aside from parents, I know some Mm -hmm. kids get really frustrated because they feel like they're so stuck inside their bubble, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good mentors and resources out there. You had even mentioned your math um, tutor. I know I had a lot of amazing teachers, a lot of amazing Mm -hmm. teachers who I don't know that I would have graduated without because I was a great student, but my home life was terrible. And if I wouldn't have had them there to, I mean, my teachers even drove me to and from school when my parents moved me out of district. And obviously that probably wouldn't be allowed now, but at the time, I, I don't know what I would have done without them. So, I mean, mentors are out there. So that's great, great advice. And I appreciate you spending time with us today. I am so happy to have been a guest.